This week's episode of the Art of the Cut podcast is brought to you by LaCie. As one of the leading media storage companies in the entertainment industry, LaCie has consistently brought innovative ideas to the market. By now, everyone knows the iconic orange rubber bumper that wraps the LaCie rugged drive. But did you know that LaCie has a rugged SSD? With the ability to transfer 4K raw video with speeds up to 4 megabytes per second, hardware encryption, and a truly rugged design that will take most anything you can throw at it, including dropping it in water or running it over with a two-ton car, the rugged SSD is a dream piece of equipment for any content creator who is on the move. For listeners of the Art of the Cut podcast, LaCie is offering 10% off the rugged SSD or any other LaCie drive when you shop on filmtools.com with coupon code LACIEPOD. That's L-A-C-I-E-P-O-D at checkout to receive 10% off your LaCie purchase on filmtools.com. So next time you need a new drive, head over to filmtools.com and use code LACIEPOD at checkout to get 10% off your LaCie purchase. Hello, and welcome to the Art of the Cut podcast. I'm Steve Hallfish. I'm a feature film editor and discuss the art and craft of film editing with my colleagues in film and TV. In this episode, I'm talking with editor Jinmo Yang. Jinmo worked with director Junho Bong on his previous film, Okja. Jinmo also edited five other feature films in his native South Korea and has worked on others, including for director Bong, as the on-set editor, a topic we'll discuss in the interview. Today, we talk about their work on Parasite, which won the Palme d'Or at Cannes and could be a contender for Best Foreign Language Film at this year's Oscars. Most of the time, you'll be hearing the voice of Jinmo's interpreter, and occasionally, you'll hear Jinmo's voice as he answers in English directly. I saw Parasite. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It was great. Thank you. At the very beginning of the movie, um, for example, we see the son going off to teach the English class, and... We choose to, you chose to kind of see him go to the, to the house, the park's house. Uh, in other instances, uh, we jump straight. Like, you don't see him go back and tell his sister, hey, you're going to be the art teacher. It's just, uh, she's there. Um, what's the difference? Why show one and not show another? Um, that's actually a good catch. Um, for the second um, scenario where we have the sister um, visit the mansion, we actually did have a scene there in the script, but we decided to omit it. And this is also related to director Bong's style. What he usually does is he shows things pretty much just once and he rarely, um, re- rarely reintroduces it again and again. He rarely makes, he rarely makes it redundant. Unless showing it again has its own significant meaning, he rarely does this. Sure. I I know sometimes uh, on films I've edited, uh, it's also a case of giving you some space. Like if you have a a very emotional scene and you're going to a very funny scene, sometimes you can't put them back to back, so you need some shoe leather. But recently, when when I'm editing other, I rarely does this... uh, what, shoe race? Shoe leather. A shoe leather. No, that's true. I mean, and, and most people, I mean, it's a, a derogatory term. It's a term that's not nice, but I, and I don't mean it that way. I just mean sometimes you show people going someplace and sometimes you just cut and they're there. Right, right, right. Tell me about the temp that you use. The score is very sparse. 
Um, what did you choose to temp score with? I usually use Director Bong's previous OST, mostly, and soundtrack. Yes, he usually uses the soundtrack and the score for Director Bong's previous work or the numerous work in progress that didn't make to the final cut of his previous films. He borrows the scores, the, the work in progress scores of the, the, from the composer of his previous works. Is it always the same composer? Or is it usually the same composer? No, um, it changed from Okja, but it's the same uh, music composer as Okja. So it's his second collaboration with this new um, composer. Did you use any temp from the composer that had not been used in previous films, like uh, from his other films? Other than borrowing scores, um, we did borrow from the classical music. For example, for the Ramdon sequence, the one where the, the family cooks the Ramdon, they used a Vivaldi soundtrack. One of the things that I love to talk about is uh, intercutting. And um, that's like uh, intercutting the practice of the father's housekeeper scam with when he's actually delivering it to the family. Can you talk about how close that was to being scripted and how, how you changed it? Why did you cut at certain points practice and certain points real? In the screenplay, it was always planned as a um, cross-edit sort of ordeal, but the initial footage, the initial assembly we had, the, that sequence was far longer and far dragging. Um, the main problem was that the lines the father rehearsed during the rehearsal were shown again during his execution, so it felt rather repetitive. So what they resorted to was to just use it once, as if they're having, even though it's a cross-cutting scheme, it's as if they're having a conversation. Kitek, the father, says one thing, and we may cross-cut to young girl, the, the mother. It's as if she already heard the line, so she's reacting to the rehearsal line. And while editing that sequence, um, we gradually cut all the fat off it. So it, it, it only had the essential elements inside. There are a few times where the camera pans between actors instead of using coverage. Was there traditional coverage for those moments? What can you tell me about those? If sometimes the acting or the timing was off, what we did was we resorted to getting plates from different takes and stitching them together as if it's one panning shot to perfect the timing and the rhythm mm. and the acting. Director Bong and Jim Mo, they frequently do this sort of VFX stitch work to perfect the timing as if it's one shot. You know, stitching various takes together as, as if it's one shot. Yeah, lots of people, I think, uh, do that same thing, but rarely on a pan. That's pretty, that's pretty brave. <laughs> Even during his previous collaborations and up till now, we have practiced this uh, technique a lot and we think we have perfected it into an art. Perfected, uh, yeah. Timing. The timing. <laughs> I did not realize those were VFX shots, uh, you know, a split. That's, I had no clue. Why spend so much time? I'm assuming there was other coverage. There were, you know, overs for each one of those. What made you want to use or made the director so much want to use a pan instead of typical coverage? Um, to be completely honest with you, uh, there was no coverage. That was the, those were the only shots we could resort to. That, that's Director Bong. Wow. Director Bong rarely shoots coverage unless it's really, really, really necessary. That's amazing. Wow. Cool. 
That's fantastic. That's one of the amazing things about director Bong. He doesn't resort to coverage. And even without coverage, Jinmo is able to solve the problem by resorting to certain methods and techniques. What would some of those techniques be? Just to preface the answer, director Bong doesn't even shoot masters. And what he usually does, the reason why he does this is he knows how he's going to cut the film and where to cut certain shots. But even though when the problems arise, uh, what Jinmo and director Bong usually do is, like we mentioned earlier, we stitch various elements of various takes together as if it's one shot so we can perfect the timing or make certain shots longer or shorter to perfect uh, the rhythm and the timing. When the original housekeeper comes back to the house when she's uh, at the doorbell in the doorbell camera, um, she's in the doorbell camera almost the entire time, and then you chose to cut to her outside in the rain. Uh, can you talk to me about that sequence and how you cut it and why it was cut the way it was? Initially, we had the, the exterior, the rain shot, appear a couple of more times. But like we said earlier, director Bong and Jim only like to show things once. So um, we just wanted the drastic contrast, the impact of the drastic contrast once and then uh, and that's, we believe that's the only thing we needed. The reason why we shot the doorbell that way with bad resolution was to make the reappearance of the housemaid, the Munguang, more funny, a, a, a bit obscure. That was the intention behind that show. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with the director. How do you collaborate together? This is your second film, right? Actually, it's his fourth collaboration with director Bong because he also was the onset editor of the film Seafog, who director Bong was the producer of, and he was also the onset editor and VFX editor of Snowpiercer. It was one of his American films. And one thing you have to know about the uh, Korean film industry, especially the network between directors, is that Every director pretty much knows each other. It's a tightly knit group and they, they have a connection. They talk with each other often. While director Bong was working with Jinmo on Snowpiercer, uh, Jinmo was the onset editor at that time. Um, director Bong became aware that Jinmo ran his own editing booth and that's when he decided that from his, for his next projects he would work with Jinmo as the main editor. So um, what we usually do is, uh, while we collaborate with director Bong, and this is pretty much um, the rest of the Korean film industry, what usually happens is um, there is a, a concept called the onset editor, where the editor edits on set while shooting is occurring simultaneously. And during this onset editing, um, we get the rough, the, the, the main structure of the assembly, what, is, what the film is going to look like in, in the rough setting. And then once you move on to the editing phase, it's usually uh, Jim Mo and director Bong, both in the editing booth, and they are fine tuning the details, the timing and the rhythm. One of the strengths of Jinmo is that um, he is very apt with VFX work, CGI work. So director Bong is very is very dependent on uh, Jinmo. He's very he, he's very trusting in Jinmo to do that, do those sort of work. What editing system are you using, and is the VFX work in the? editing system or After Effects or something else? So he cuts on Final Cut Pro 7 and for the VFX work he uses After Effects. First of all, I edit the same way. I edit uh, on set, uh, very close to where they're shooting, and then uh, go with the director afterwards to finish the film um, on most of the films that I've cut. We do the same thing. 
because you mentioned that there's so little coverage and that he has such a distinct idea not to shoot a master, that he has a plan, how do you know what that plan is? Do you talk about that before you even cut dailies? So that's uh, a, an important role of the onset editor. Um, onset editing isn't just merely uh, uh, an editor being on set and editing while the shooting is happening. What's happening is um, the onset editor receives the live feed from the camera instantaneously and they cut the, the, the footage instantaneously. And by doing this, they check if it works if it requires more footage or if it, it if it would do and then do you have to go back and replace the yeah. you know, yes so yeah. how I, is that done time code or how are you replacing the video tap feed with the final these days i use time code to match that up but previously <laughs> just just you know I, the, yeah, oh. Just manually. Manually. Then, yeah. I, I manually. Yeah, it was all manual. Yeah. <laughs> so basically i i edit it twice Wow. You know, but that helps. Wow. You have to watch the footage anyway. There's a point where in the movie where it's raining very heavily. Talk to me about the music and the interplay of the music and the rain and sound effects of uh, thunder. Even during the editing phase, there are a lot of sound layers in, in the sequence. Um, the plan was for the sound to be to grow gradually, become more intense and more stronger. And when the music appears, the sound and the, the sound effects and the music becomes tied together. All these sounds become intertwined. And then it becomes a tad bit more calmer when they, when they arrive at the basement. That was the, uh, that was the design plan for that sequence. Indeed. Nevertheless, um, he's very um, shocked that you caught this. Um, not many people refer to this scene. Oh. And director Bong emphasized that the, the sound and the, the music, the audio has had to become the most intense and the most strong in the point where they, where they almost just arrive at their basement house, right before they arrive at their basement house. That's when the, the, the sound is the most intense and chaotic. However, um, that was during the editing phase. He doesn't really know how they mix the sounds together in the sound booth. In the United States, the editor is often on the sound mix stage. Is that common in Korea or no? The editor isn't involved directly in the sound mixing, but he or she does visit the sound booth often. And one important thing uh, during the editing stage is that all the sound related notes uh, that ha are, are created during the editing phase, and then we, we send it off to the vendors for them to you know, work on. So all the notes, all the requirements are created during the editing phase. Director Bong makes a note of it with Jinmo, and then they send it off to the, uh, the sound mixers. How much temp sound did Jinmo do? The thing about Director Bong is he, would, he prefers to do everything as much as he can inside the editing booth. So what usually happens is Jinmo takes care of almost all the sound, all the temp sound effects, although but the one and and even he uh, fine tunes the timing of those sound effects. But the problem is obviously that the sounds are low quality. So he assumes that almost all of it becomes re gets replaced during sound mixing. Uh, was the production sound for all the that that whole rain sequence was it good at all? Could you even use the production sound, or was it all sound effects? So Jimmo himself, he tries to use the location sound as much as possible. Uh, but for the, uh, the, the rain sequence, he realized that 
the location sound and the, uh, the, the post sound were mixed in together. What is your process as you start getting dailies? So you're getting dailies straight off of the video tap. How close are you on set? Are you literally next to Video Village or are you um, isolated uh, close to the set? Right next to the Video Village. Cutting on Final Cut Pro 7 with just local storage, like a big hard drive? Uh, US, you yes, know, you are correct. Yes, yes. Thunderbolt. 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 <laughs> <laughs> During on-set editing, uh, before he actually uh, is on-set, what he usually does is he studies the storyboards thoroughly. And so when they actually shoot, uh, what Jinmo is aware, is conscious of, is how he's going to edit the footage. So by the moment the director yells cut, he is editing the footage. He has finished editing the footage within 10 seconds of, of that time span. Uh, he, j he usually just gets the in and the out points right and then just edits, cuts the footage. Just an FYI, he was the onset editor until Okja. And um, for Parasite, he sent his assistant editor as the onset because he had to be in the editing booth. What were you doing if the onset editor was cutting? Were you trying to match the onset editor's work? So um, what usually happens is the onset editor sends over um, his or her work and the dailies. And what Jinmo does in the editing booth is to fine tune uh, the editing work so that once uh, Director Bong is wrapped, uh, he has the, the onset assembly and his fine tuned assembly ready so that they can begin editing ASAP. So you are actually in the edit booth watching dailies like a normal film, not as a video tap, obviously. Are you choosing the same edits or are you um, or the same takes, for example? Um, there are times that uh, we change the takes. Sometimes we, it remains the same, yes. With the onset editor, is the onset editor actually getting response from the director almost like a script supervisor would? In the United States, of course, there's no interaction. So you're only getting notes from the director, but you could actually... He could turn around and say, that's the one. <laughs> um, yes, you're absolutely correct. Um, the onset editor also um, checks for continuity as well. And he, they um, check with the director constantly throughout the shooting process. And it's as if um, the, the onset editor also works as a script supervisor. Although we do have a script supervisor, we share the same sort of work in checking whether continuity is correct. So um, one of his plans uh, when he travels to the US to begin editing in, in the States, um, he plans to apply this onset editing uh, system, although he doesn't know when exactly he will travel to the US. That's his plans to bring it, to import it into the US. The other person that uses a very similar system is Tim Burton. Director Tim Burton has an onset editor that's taking a video tap um, as they're shooting and they're they're actually editing the same way. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, uh, on my film, we weren't using a video tap, but I was just offset um, when I edited uh, during dailies. Some people do it. Um, and a film with the director that I work for, they are working ex um, back at, uh, on Final Cut Pro 7, cutting the same way where the footage was coming straight off the camera and actually the full resolution was coming off the camera because it was back only HD. And they were that's how they were editing. Some people are doing it, but very, very few. So uh, actually one of the things that interests me is 
with the director choosing takes on set, oftentimes the choice that they make on set is not what they would make when they finally see all the takes. Does that happen or, or um, do you find that happens? Uh, yes, you're absolutely correct. Um, so the, the, the shots that di the director Bong um, chooses um, the take that di director Bong chooses, it isn't etched in stone, like he said. Um, it just usually means that the blocking's correct and it's enough that we can move on to the next shot. And what usually happens, we, we, we find and we select the, the perfect shot while we're in the editing booth together, during editing. In that sense, he believes that director Bong has a very efficient workflow. His process is incredibly efficient. How do you approach a blank timeline? The director seems to have such a vision for the scene, but how are you choosing the shots that you're editing uh, when you start cutting a scene together? Um, so Jimmo isn't too concerned about director Bong's uh, distinct vision. And what's usually the case is that the, the shots he thinks that are perfect usually align with the shots that director Bong thinks that is appropriate. Jeez. That's probably why um, Jinmo and Director Bong work together. Um, and as more and more projects accumulate, um, he thinks that he realizes that their time together is becoming extremely shorter and more efficient. So now we're at the point where even without speaking, we know what, at what point to cut, at what point it's finished and it's okay. <laughs> so at some points, um, Director Bong just leaves it to Jimmo. For example, he says, oh, this sequence seems a bit lagging, dragging. Please fix it, make it faster. And then the, he, the next day he'll check it and say it's fine. Sometimes it works like that. I'm really interested in uh, the approach to actually cutting the scene. So you have all the dailies. You've got, a, uh, you've got an edit that's been done on set. Um, how do you choose where to start, what shot that you start on, when you've got a blank timeline, where do you go to the next shot, which take do you choose? Tell me a little bit about your process of assembling a new scene. Director Bong does not take shoot master shots, so the storyboard kind of dictates what shots uh, are, have to be used, so it's already pre-decided. This is just exclusive to Director Bong, not all, not every Korean director does this, but for director Bong, for each scene, the first shot and the final shot of the scene is already predetermined at this point. And although the scene as a whole, it, it, it can fluctuate and we can do tweaks and um, changes, those shots are already predetermined at that point. Even if we do want to use another take, the takes aren't there, it just doesn't exist. So we have to use those first and last takes. How much did the structure of the film change from the script? Um, did things have to get deleted or moved or switched in their order? You might be sensing a pattern by now, but with director Bong, the structure rarely changes. Um, however, there are a couple of scenes that were omitted. And one thing is that within a scene, the structure within a scene often changes. For example, using cross-cutting and whatnot, um, the intention of the scene changes from the script that way. I did an interview with uh, a Japanese editor of a film called We Are Little Zombies. And they pre-shot the entire movie. So the structure didn't change at all. They shot it like on iPhones. 
Weirdly, um, interestingly enough, Director Bong doesn't like that approach too much. Um, the, the the thing that he, uh, an interesting thing about Director Bong is that he doesn't do rehearsals. He likes um, every take to be fresh and genuine. So while editing, uh, Jinma realizes that no two takes are ever the same, and often the acting is um, different. There's a change in something within the takes. Mm-hmm. Just as a side note, and adding on to that, uh, Song Gang-ho, who, who performs Kitek, the protagonist, he usually nails the first take. And he, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmo believes that uh, his best takes are uh, the, the, the beginning takes, the takes um, that he usually does in the beginning. Those are the most oh. genuine. The only exception is that is when the, the, the lines, they have a lot of lines in that take. And if that's the case, then the, the latter half of the takes are usually the better ones. Maybe Kitek does best with early scenes, but a different actor does better with later scenes. And then, then what do you do? Yes, you're absolutely correct. There were those sort of instances. Um, just to give you an example of how uh, one of the ways we resolved this problem was, if you remember a scene where the family is celebrating inside the mansion with drinks and whatnot, um, there was this one shot where we have Kitek, uh, the father, talking, and then we slowly pan to the, the, the drinks, and then we pan to the, uh, the mother, Chung-suk, the wife. And um, the problem was that Kitek really nailed the first half of the takes, whereas the wife, Chung-suk, nailed the second half of the takes. Their acting prowess were very different in, in, in the spectrum. But the problem was that this shot had no cutaways. It was just one continuous panning shot. So what Jinmo had to do was he had to stitch different parts of different takes together to make it one shot. So we had perfect acting within that one shot. We created this uh, line, this yardstick for where we can cut away, uh, which was in the, the alcohol, the beverage bottles, and then we, we cut away to different shots. But it looks like one seamless shot. <laughs> so director Bong knows that this is one of Jin Mo's strong points. He's very, he's very apt at doing this, so sometimes... Um, Director Bong requests some unearthly requests. He wants he wants him to stitch together things that are very intricate and difficult. How close was your assembly edit to the final? Like, what was the length of your assembly edit before you started on the director's cut? Uh, the onset assembly was about twenty minutes longer than the final cut. He doesn't quite remember, but uh-huh. it's twenty to thirty minutes. It was uh-huh. much longer because there's such a clear vision for the film. Does it then become much harder to try to cut that 20 minutes out? Um, no, not at all. Um, trimming down uh, the duration is a, a frequent task that he has on hand. For example, uh, for Kim Ji-un's uh, movie, The Age of Shadows, the, the, uh, the onset assembly was three hours and 30 minutes, and he had to cut it down to two hours and 20 minutes. So compared to that, uh, Parasite was a, a war is a cakewalk. <laughs> I bet it was. What was the schedule like for shooting and then for post until you got to the final mix? Um, the the shooting took roughly about four months, and then we edited uh, the film for three months. Tell me a little bit about using Final Cut Pro, and have you used another system before, or do you think you will... I mean, final, it's going to go... <laughs> eventually, it's not going to work anymore. 
Um, yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, the reason why he's using it is because he's used to it. He used Final Cut Pro from the very beginning of his um, career. And for now, um, regarding sound mix and the workflow, it's really simple to use. However, um, he hasn't been able to update his OS for four years. Well, uh, anything else that you want to talk about the movie? Any uh interesting things that I haven't brought up. He does say this often, but he really means it in that um, it, he feels that it's an incredible honor to work with director Bong, always. Mm-hmm. Even now he's interviewing you, he, he never really had this experience before. It's very, uh, it's all thanks to director Bong and it's very, it's a confusing and uh, interesting experience. You did wonderfully. That was really interesting information. Thank you so much. Uh, one more question for you, which is, in Korea, do you use cut in reels like you do in America? In other words, you break the film into 20-minute chunks, or are you editing on an entire two-hour-long timeline? It's a case-by-case basis. Um, when the scene is, when he feels that the scene is too intense or requires special attention, he will edit that scene uh, separately or by reel. But these days, he's able to, he, 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 there are times where he cuts the whole thing at once, the whole assembly at once. Nevertheless, uh, when he turns it over to other uh, post-production vendors, he turns it over via reels. Yeah, that makes sense. The vendors usually want reels. And these days, um, although we do sometimes spend separate times on certain scenes in detail, what uh, the directors usually want to do with Jimmo is they frequently watch the whole thing uh, or at least half of it over and over again. When you were um, bringing the footage in from uh, into the Final Cut Pro system, what were you editing with? What media type were you editing with? ProRes. ProRes LT. And direct, okay. to director Bong is uh, full HD and others half HD. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I love the film. You did a marvelous job. Uh, it was uh, an honor to talk to you today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Art of the Cut podcast. Also, check out ProVideoCoalition.com for more than 200 interviews with the world's top editors. Or read the book Art of the Cut, Conversations with Film and TV Editors for a topic-driven, curated experience. Thanks again to my guest, Jinmo Yang, and his interpreter. I'm Steve Hulfish. If this is a podcast that you got something out of, give us a like, leave a comment, and make sure to tell a filmmaking friend.